This is episode number 166 of the Life, Strength, and Health podcast. I'm Kim, and I'm joined with Jamal. Greetings, everyone. And uh, peace and blessings. Yes, and thank you for joining us this week. This episode is actually part one of a two-part series that we'll be sharing with you on the podcast. On Saturday, we had a webinar where we discussed the coronavirus and discussed ways of armoring yourself and There was so much great content. Um, We got so much great feedback that we wanted to break it up and put it on the podcast. And this is going to be part one. And uh, the reason we felt compelled to do the webinar is, you know, unless you've been living under a rock, you know, the coronavirus is the main topic of discussion and understandably so. There is a lot of fear, concern, and these are all understandable emotions that you can be feeling right now because there's just so much that is so unknown about it. There's a lot of changes going on with industries and the schools and all these places that are shutting down for two weeks to a month. You have cities being quarantined. So everyone is so concerned and, you know, understandably so. You want to know what's going on. How is this going to affect us health wise, you know, financially and all these things. So we wanted to give our perspective on it. And we did a webinar this past Saturday and we had a special guest, Haran Benson, that was on the webinar. And Haran is a business continuity and disaster recovery specialist. This is what she does as a profession for larger organizations. And she came on the webinar to give us some very powerful tips on how to how we can best prepare ourselves for what we're going through right now. Yes. And we thought that it was important to give a holistic perspective. We always try to provide a well-rounded perspective so that uh, you can see this from every angle and you can properly prepare. Mainstream takes a very linear approach to how they see and deal with things. So we've been getting some information in regards to what we can do to protect ourselves, such as wash your hands. If you're starting to feel a little sick, you know, quarantine yourself, keep your distance. Uh, But we haven't gotten much more than that. And I know people are looking for more information than just washing your hands. And that is serious. Like washing your hands could mean you not contracting this. But there are so many other things that are important to look at. Mm -hmm. And we're going to explore those things so, so that we can empower you. Because the more that you know, the more prepared you are, the more relaxed and centered you can be. Right, because you definitely want to be concerned and take this very seriously but you don't want to move in fear because fear doesn't serve any of us right it's just very stressful so before we dive into the episode I just want to read a little bit about Haran so you know more about her the hurricane also known as the bad thing is heading directly in the path of your company what are your plans to mitigate the potential impact Haran Benson can provide the calm before, during, and after the storm. In the last 20 years, she's been working in IT and business continuity within the private sector of the insurance and investment banking industries. She holds the Disaster Recovery Institute Certified Business Continuity Professional Certification. HBE Consulting LLC was formed to assist small businesses to think and plan for the what-if scenarios and lessen the impact of a business disruption. The show notes page for this episode is lifestrengthandhealth.com forward slash 166. So without further ado, let's dive into the episode. Greetings, everyone. Jamal here. Kim is here as well. Her camera's off. She's... um in the chats, just monitoring uh, questions and things like that. Um, There is a question uh, section where you can ask your questions. And uh, we're going to get to the questions at the end of this. So in the beginning, we'll just kind of roll through it. And then um, afterwards, we will answer your questions. Um, 
the reason why we decided to have this is uh, just looking at everything that's going on with the, um, the coronavirus. Looks like it's definitely a growing concern. Um, a lot of our clients that have been coming in for the past couple of days have been asking a lot of questions. Um, we've actually been getting a, getting a lot of calls about it. You know, um, people want to know my thoughts. Uh, and people want to know the seriousness of it and what can they do to empower themselves. So we decided to have a webinar tonight to discuss it a bit, right? Because um, as far as mainstream media is concerned, you know, they, they look at it from, you know, a, a more linear perspective, and we wanted to give a holistic approach to it, all right? We want to look at all avenues and, um, you know, just kind of take it from there. But, but one thing is that uh, this, is, this is something that, that's serious, you know? Um, there's a lot of speculation out there about it. There's a lot of uh, conspiracy theories about why this is happening, where is it coming from? And those things aren't really important. And we're not going to talk about any of those things right now um, because it's a very real thing. It's something that's happening. So we need to address what's actually happening. So um, I'm going to be talking about tonight how to armor up as much as you can, how to uh, prepare as much as as you can right how to defend yourself and how to how to think ahead and um we brought a special guest on tonight that um is going to join the conversation and be able to provide some insight and help you with that as well so i've been looking at a lot of different uh media outlets and i've been looking at at the cdc Right. Um, because I think that it's important to, to really understand uh, what's going on. So I'm going to the people that's actually studying these diseases and has been studying them for for a while. There's a lot of information uh, out there, a lot of speculation. But I wanted to go to a very reliable source in really understanding and breaking this down. So um, what I would like to do is because uh, I, I looked at. Um, the most recent update from CDC that they gave yesterday. It's, it's a short uh, update, about a minute and a half. I just wanted to, uh, to play that just to um, put things in perspective. So uh, give me a second, I'm gonna play that, that uh, video. As of this morning, March 13th, CDC is reporting more than 1,500 cases of COVID-19 across the United States. Most states have been impacted, but most only have a few cases, and it is still only a few states that have most of the cases and have sustained community spread. This week, CDC issued a number of guidances. These are for state health departments, healthcare providers, and for schools, and they really focus on how we can protect those among us who are most vulnerable, which for this disease are older adults. For me, our Nana is an important part of the family, but she's in a long-term care facility. And so for now, we're not visiting her because we don't want to take the chance of introducing germs into the facility. We'll stay in touch in other ways. Let's work together to protect ourselves, our families, and our communities. Please check cdc.gov slash COVID-19 for more information. Yeah, I just wanted to... Um to, to play that just to, uh, you know, put things in, in perspective. Um, our client base ranges in all, all different ages. Um, but the bulk of, of our client base, it ranges from 35 to 65 years old. And, uh, you know, at least half of, of our clients are over 50. So um, there are growing concerns for people that are older with this virus and uh, young people may be able to withstand it more than 
than um, the older population, but we can be carriers of it and we can uh, expose our elders and expose this um, thing to our children. So um, whether it directly applies to us or not, it applies to all of us. So I think it's important to understand the dynamics of that. Also, it's important to understand that um, the way that you live and the way that you eat and take care of yourself, it has an effect on the aging of, of your body. Um, I had a client of mine, uh, he said that he went in to have young young man, he's in his 40s, and he had a test done and they said that he had the arteries of a 70-year-old, right? Um, how many times do we look at people and they take really good care of themselves, they eat very well, and they may be 50 years old and they look a lot younger, right? How many times do we see people that don't take care of themselves? They um, trash their health and they look a lot older. So uh, even though we have a, a number age, we do have phys a physical age. And if you're not, if you're not taking care of yourself, you can physically be older, even though that number is, is, is younger. So if you're in a, in a weakened state, then, you know, you're at more risk than if you were at a, a stronger state, right? Um, have you ever suffered from something or no, knew people that suffered from something more serious, uh, maybe like a serious uh, strand of the flu, and you've been around these people and you didn't get it, right? Because your immunity is strong. I know I've been in situations where I've been exposed to things and I was there with other people and they got it and I didn't, right? Um, or, you know, you, you get something that, that's more serious and for some, it, it lingers on for two weeks to a month and for you, it, it's a couple of days to, to a week. So all of these things matter when it comes to, to our health and how we take care of ourselves. So I know from an uh, overall perspective, a basic medical perspective, we're looking at this thing like, okay, it's affecting the elderly and it's affecting the young. But the way I see it is if you're not taking care of yourself and your body is aged, you fall into that category of being older and it can hit you a lot harder. So I think that this is something serious for, for everyone. Um, I'm, just, I'm just creating this, this, uh, this picture. So my thing is, um, and as well as Kim, is let's, pre let's prepare ourselves. Let's look at this thing and prepare because it's better to be prepared than, than to not be, right? And, and these things unfold and we're unprepared. So uh, we need to make sure that we're prepared on, on every level. This um, talk that we're having tonight is not to make you fearful, right? Because um, one of the things that fear does is fear weakens your immunity, so this isn't about being fearful of what's happening. This is more about being empowered. It's more about taking it serious and being empowered and making sure that you're taking the, the necessary steps so that you can actually be relaxed and you can be at ease and your immunity can be stronger. But um, it's really important just to put it in perspective, but you don't need to be fearful. There is a need for concern, but we don't want to move in fear because the more prepared you are, the more relaxed you can be. So you don't have to worry about these scenarios because you've already planned for them. So that automatically brings a level of comfort. If you know that your immune system is, is as strong as it could be, right, you know that your defenses are high, that brings a level of, of comfort. So that is the reason why we wanted to get into this um, today. Um, before we dive into some of the main topics, 
another thing that's being spoken about is um, just kind of basic prevention that um, seems to be what everyone is talking about and is very important. So I, I do want to show um, something on that eventually. We'll get to that at the end. But I know a lot of people even have questions on just understanding exactly uh, what the coronavirus is. So um, I, I have another short um, video from, um, from the CDC, a uh, couple minutes long, no more than five minutes, where they're explaining um, exactly what the coronavirus is. And um, they, they use some nice animation to, to, uh, to really explain it. So I'm going to show that, and then we're going to get into, um, you know, the conversation. Coronavirus. Coronaviruses are a family of viruses that cause sicknesses like the common cold, as well as more severe diseases such as Middle East Respiratory Syndrome or Severe Acute Respiratory Syndrome. A novel coronavirus is a new strain, one that has not previously been recognized in humans. Coronaviruses cause diseases in mammals and birds. A zoonotic virus is one that is transmitted between animals and people. When a virus circulating in animal populations infects people, this is termed a spillover event. It is speculated that the 2019 novel coronavirus, or COVID-19, originated in bats and was transmitted to humans, possibly with pangolins as an intermediate host. Unfortunately, COVID-19 is now spreading from human to human as well. COVID-19 has surpassed the SARS death toll in a matter of weeks. Even though the death rate is much lower, it spreads faster. Early data suggests that in around 82% of cases, symptoms are relatively mild. The illness begins and ends in the lungs. However, the remainder of cases are severe or critical, typically in older or immunocompromised individuals. How does COVID-19 affect the body? The virus is fitted with protein spikes sticking out of the envelope that forms the surface and houses a core of genetic material. Any virus that enters your body looks for cells with compatible receptors, ones that allow it to invade the cell. Once they find the right cell, they enter and use the cell's replication machinery to create copies of themselves. It is likely that COVID-19 uses the same receptor as SARS, found in both lungs and small intestines. It is thought that COVID-19 shares many similarities with SARS, which has three phases of attack, viral replication, hyperreactivity of the immune system, and finally, pulmonary destruction. Early on in infection, the coronavirus invades two types of cells in the lungs mucus and cilia cells. Mucus keeps your lungs from drying out and protects them from pathogens. Cilia beat the mucus towards the exterior of your body, clearing debris, including viruses, out of your lungs. Cilia cells are the preferred hosts of SARS-CoV and are likely the preferred hosts of the new coronavirus. When these cells die, they slough off into your airways, filling them with debris and fluid. Symptoms include a fever, cough, and breathing difficulties. Many of those infected get pneumonia in both their lungs. Enter the immune system. The immune cells recognize the virus and flood into the lungs. The lung tissue becomes inflamed. During normal immune function, the inflammatory process is highly regulated and is confined to infected areas. However, sometimes the immune system overreacts, and this results in damage to healthy tissue. More cells die and slough off into the lung, further clogging them and worsening the pneumonia. As damage to the lungs increases, stage 3 begins, potentially resulting in respiratory failure. Patients that reach this stage of infection can incur permanent lung damage or even die. We see the same lesions in the lungs of those infected by the novel coronavirus as those with SARS. SARS creates holes in the lungs, so they look honeycomb-like. This is probably due to the aforementioned overreactive immune response which affects both healthy and infected tissue and creates scars that stiffen the lungs. As such, some patients may require ventilators to aid breathing. The inflammation also results in more permeable alveoli. Alveoli are the location of the thin interface of gas exchange, where your lungs replace carbon dioxide in your blood with fresh oxygen you just inhaled. Increased permeability causes fluid to leak into the lungs. This decreases the lung's ability to oxygenate blood, and in severe cases, floods them so that you become unable to breathe. Sometimes, this can be fatal. The immune system's overreaction can also cause another kind of damage. Proteins called cytokines are the immune system's alarm system. 
recruiting immune cells to the infection site. Overproduction of cytokines can result in a cytokine storm where there is large-scale inflammation in the body. Blood vessels become more permeable and fluid seeps out. This makes it difficult for blood and oxygen to reach the rest of the body and can result in multi-organ failure. This has happened in the most severe cases of COVID-19. Although there are no specific treatments for coronaviruses, symptoms can be treated through supportive care. Also, vaccines are currently in development. So, what can you do to protect yourself from COVID-19? Advisories vary in different countries, but the basic protocol comes down to regular hand washing, avoiding close contact with anyone coughing or sneezing, avoiding unnecessary contact with animals, washing hands after contact with animals, thoroughly cooking meat and eggs prior to consumption, and covering your mouth and nose while coughing or sneezing. Respiratory viruses are typically transmitted via droplets and sneezes or coughs of those infected, so preventing their travel stops the spread of disease. Uh, I just wanted to show that video for those who um, aren't totally aware of exactly what the coronavirus is and just give you some insight on that. So let's, let's take a look at the, uh, the polls. Where are we at here? Okay. So we got um, 47% say that they're very concerned, and we have 53% say that um, they're a little concerned, and we have uh, 0% that uh, say that uh, they're not concerned at all. Okay, I think that's, I think that's very fair. And uh, what we're going to do is at the end of, um, of this uh, kind of uh, webinar, we'll, we'll do it again, see if that, if that changes for you or, or if it's the same. So when we, um, when we look at this thing uh, from a holistic perspective, uh, we also have to, to think about uh, our safety beyond, um, you know, just the things that, that we're being told to do. So um, I wanted to get a, a specialist um, on with us. And uh, I have uh, Haran Benson on. Uh, Haran, are you there? While, while we're waiting for... Um, yeah, Tori, that was me. <laughs> Tori said I could hear her now, <laughs> Yeah, while we're while we're waiting for her to come back on, I'll just kind of tell you some of the things that we're doing here just to <clears throat> try to, you know, take take your safety first. We um increased our um cleaning company to come in more often. Um we're disinfecting uh, throughout the day, just to make sure that um, you know everything is um, sanitized. Uh, we also started diffusing um, essential oils that destroy virus and bacteria um, from the air. Um, so we're diffusing that. You know, a lot of times when you come to Life Strength and Health, we have the diffusers going. We're trying to, you know, create a certain mood and state, but we have a transition over to things that are a little bit more protective. So we want you to, you know, feel comfortable when you come um, to our center to know that we're taking the measures to, to try to, um, you know, keep everyone healthy and safe. If you, um, oh, there she is. If you um, have to go into work and, and you're not working from home, uh, it is good to have a diffuser and you can, can run, um, there's two oils, <coughs> excuse me, one is uh, called uh, Nature Shield and the other one is Thieves Oil. You know, that's a nice combination of some antimicrobial oils that are good um, to diffuse and um, it disinfects and you can uh, put them in cleaning solutions and, or just water, and you can clean um, and spray things naturally, um, spray down, wipe down things easily. Um, you can even take it in, internally. Um, so those oils are, are ancient, ancient oils that have been shown to, to really boost immunity and protect you from a lot of things. So... Um, uh, one company is by now Nature Shield. The other company is uh, Thieves 
by Young Living. So those are good oils to um, to have. Love it. Uh, welcome, Haran. Happy that you could join us today. Yes, thank you. Thank you for inviting me. Um, you know, glad to be here. And uh, it's unfortunate that, you know, I guess my industry or what I do for a living only gets exposed in these types of situations, <laughs> you know, when the bad things happen. Um, but that's why the industry exists anyway. So, yeah. Can you can you take a, a moment to to share with everyone um, like your position and what it is that that you do? Sure. Um, so, like you said in your uh, introduction, uh, what I do is called business continuity and IT disaster recovery. And what that means is uh, my job or my role within the company, amongst others on my team, is to ensure that the business can withstand any type of business disruption, uh, whether that's, you know, we plan for consequence-based uh, situations. So scenarios will change and some will be similar, some will be very different, but the consequence is usually, you know, the same. So, you know, your loss of technology, your loss of staff, your loss of vendors that you use, um, you know, loss of your primary office or building. So you plan for those things because various scenarios can cause those four things. Um, so this here, we know you plan for the loss of staff. You can lose staff due to a terrorist attack, a fire in the building, uh, or a pandemic like what we're you know experiencing right now. So you know when we got to speaking like that was this is the first time i even knew that you know major companies actually had this position as a permanent part of of staff like uh do all major you know like establishments um have someone like you on on board i would say probably all large uh companies will have someone either one person or a team on board uh particularly financial firms due to uh, it's heavily regulated and they are required to. Mm -hmm. um, you have other industries like insurance or, or manufacturers, same thing because of uh, supply and chain demand. You know, if things are interrupted, what do they do? You have always have reputational risk of how you handle situations. So yes, most industries, most companies will have, large companies will have someone like me full-time on staff. Uh, it's where you start getting into the middle, you know, middle size and especially small businesses, you know, who just don't have the budget resource or even think about, uh, you know, uh, mitigating their plans, you know, mitigating, creating a mitigation plans so like anything that can disrupt their business because they just don't have the time or the resources or the, or the, the budget to do so. So, uh, how long have you been, you know, keeping an eye on this coronavirus situation? Right. So when you think about financial firms, I'm talking about investment banking. You, talk, you, know, you hear about the stock market and things like that. Um, I work for a international, uh, although U.S. bank, but it's very international. They have offices in China. Singapore, Taiwan, you know, Manila. So they have employees there. So it's very important to keep your eye on globally what's happening around the world and particularly there's any impact to their employees, impact to their offices and business, obviously, and bottom line. So we've been looking at this since, to, you know, I would say beginning to mid-January and stood up a, what they called a pandemic working group to kind of activate the pandemic plan. And and uh, since you've been following it, what what have you been seeing? Uh, so it w it was you know a lot of times we think about oh it's happening over there you know although the way they planned for it they listed every country that obviously that company had an office so you know obviously the U.S. and the U.K. was listed uh, but the numbers grew rapidly for China, you know, over the days because they started to do testing, right? So every day we came into the office, so 24 hours later, 
there was like, you know, another 5,000. I remember when the numbers only recorded, I mean, at the time, you can only go off what the country actually reports. You know, China was reporting like 700 cases. But by the end of the week, we were at 5,000 or something like that. We're like, whoa, what is going on? And it wasn't like, it, yes, it was spreading fast, but they were also implementing the testing of it. So they were, you know, the numbers were going up because these are now active cases. They're trying to identify the people. And at the time, like almost no other country had it or reported it, you know, because they wasn't testing for it. I remember in the U.S., maybe just had one person who had traveled back from Wuhan. Um, and that was like just mid-January. Wow. So um, what would you say is the, the what, what would you say is different about uh, this particular disruption uh, that's like compared to the other things? Because um, a lot of people are, are making those comparisons and just saying, oh, you know, we had. We had SARS, we had the bird flu, you know, we had, we had these scares before and it, was, it wasn't that serious, you know, so that, you know, we have the flu, we have, you know, these deaths from, from, from the flu going on. The flu is, is more uh, dangerous than the coronavirus. Like, what, 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 do you, what do you see that's different about this particular um, disruption compared to, to the others? Uh. I see that, so the other things happened, you know, it's not, you know, maybe the U.S. Uh, news cycle didn't report or talk about it as much, mm-hmm. but, you know, H1, you know, I was working at a um, insurance company at the time, like when SARS and H1N1 was here, that did, you know, spread and had some impact on employees, you know, who had traveled around. Uh, it did not impact the economy. It did not impact how you travel or any of the service or travel industries at that time. And it, it didn't spread or there was like, I don't know, maybe the testing was different for it or the symptoms were different. Uh, but I, I say that, that these things have never stopped being reported on, you know, mm-hmm. in, in, the, in my industry, there's a monthly meeting about threats you know, it's, it's called the threat committee, subcommittee, where we're talking about cyber threats, health threats, pandemic threats, you know, uh, infrastructure threats where things that happen around the world. So, you know, there's always still cases here and there, but nothing to this level or they're, they're watching it to, you know, to see if it's going to get to this level. So I would think that this been this kind of virus has been talked about probably since December. Mm. And they start seeing it in China and it just kind of like grew and grew. Um, it's different because it impacted the economy uh, and the way that it's spreading. And I, I feel because it's a new virus, like, mm. yes, it's on the back of the life. So, but this is a new version of it. And right. the way it's impacting people is new. No one has immunity to it per se, right? You can get it and recover really fast or you can get mm. it and really get critical. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think that's what's happening in the level. And our world is smaller. We are traveling everywhere quickly, fast. And it was just so happens. What did it coincide with? The Lunar New Year. Thousands of people are traveling to the Asian countries and back. You know, mm-hmm. it was just like a perfect storm. So um, I think that increased the exposure of it and the way the economy is reacting to it. And now, obviously, the way regular Main Street people are reacting to it, it is really that's the big difference of it. And the extended of time that we are preparing for it because of what we've seen of how the other countries have reacted, China and Italy, and now other countries are you know, following suit. So um, one of the things that you mentioned was the the economy, which um, has been going on a serious ride for for the past week. Um, like, what what are some of the other consequences have you been seeing as a result of this disruption? Uh, well, I think uh, companies who have the capability have gone to like extreme measure to implement the working remotely. So, you know, like back then, if you think about H1N1 SARS, 
you know, that's technology. Technology is changing almost every year. So mm-hmm. even back then, we didn't have the same remote capabilities as we do today. Uh, it was very limited back then. I mean, you might have had a laptop, but it was still very slow or difficult to connect to, and not everyone had one. Now, most people have laptops. The technology to, to, to remain in contact with your team members and, and connect to your uh, company's network is a little bit more sophisticated. So companies are able to implement this whole where they can and for those employees who can work from home across the board, you know, mm-hmm. not just here and there. Like my company, we started with, four, you know, 4,600 people work from home for two weeks. And then the next three days, they increased it to everybody who could. Yeah, they wanted yeah. to limit to those people who had to go into the office because, again, it's an investment bank. They have to trade and, and, and make things, and there's a lot of compliance around that. they got to be on site. So they're trying to think about their health and their social distancing and making sure everyone works from home. So that, that in itself is a little bit different than a regular snow day where you might just be home for a day. You know, you're working from home maybe. You know, the kids are home. They're looking at Netflix and streaming, and that's a day maybe two days, mm-hmm. depending on what the situation is. Hurricane, one or two days, long as your house and your personal life wasn't impacted. We're talking, this is now going to be an extended period of time. At least this is what they're projecting. Mm-hmm. Due to the level of quarantine people need to be in, um, they anticipate, I guess, another part, part of the perfect storm. This is also spring break where our teenagers, our, our young adults are like, bump that, we're going down to Cancun, we're going down to Florida, and they're partying up. Guess who's right. coming back in the next few days? Right. <laughs> they all coming back. Mm-hmm. So those, you know, I don't know if you guys realize it, but the Ivy League schools pulled the trigger like a week ago. So you had your Yales and Princetons and things like that. They're very large universities with the resources and budget to have people like me on campus and have planned for this at some point where they know, okay, this is going to be the exposure and we're just going to move everything online. And they were able to do that very quickly. Mm-hmm. Unlike maybe a local community college wouldn't have someone like me on site, wouldn't have these plans in place to this extent to, and this for that period of time to have people working from home or how are they going to do this? So it's just various levels of how people think about it. The large universities are like little cities in the punks themselves, mm-hmm. labs and community centers and, and, and all these thousands of people are on campus at one given time. So they have to be prepared for that. And that's why it's like what you want to do, like from a business professional perspective, anything that's happening, you want to mitigate it as much as possible. You want to be able to bounce back and not take too much of a hit because when this is all over, you still want to be in business. Right. You still want to have a business. Mm -hmm. You know, you want to still be able to get paid and have your services and provide and pay your employees if you have them. So uh, this, this is what's that was what was different. The economy is reacting to this and how the U.S., I think, population is reacting because the world is smaller. We get to hear what they're doing in China, what we get to see and look at what's happening in Italy and how we're taking that on. Like, oh, my God. And then, you know, there's that level of panic and fear because uh, what other countries have gone through and, and had to do to, uh, I guess, prepare and, and get involved in a, in a full country quarantine yeah you know i think that um the thing that really got people's attention was was the nba because i I, like we hear about the we're starting to hear about the you know the universities and things like that but it seems like once the the nba pulled the trigger and they they shut their season down and then the other professional sports started to follow them and they're closing down arenas and things like that um, you know, we've never experienced anything like that before. So I think that that was one of the really big catalysts that made people say, wait a minute, like this, you know, this is a little bit more serious here. Right. So, so yeah. Right. That, that's- <laughs> Especially with the guy who probably thought this was a hoax and you start rubbing the microphones and touching yeah. everything. I'm like, that guy needs something needs to happen. And he needs some <laughs> type of punishment for that. But again, but what does that all play into? The economy, mm-hmm. the money, 
that plays into the money that they are going to now lose and all the ticket holders. So it it was definitely, it's definitely a domino effect. You know, I don't think we've seen anything like this in this country before. Uh, So when it starts hitting the pockets and the GDP of the, of the country, that's what makes this very much different, very much different. Even if you think, you know, this is not real or it's not that big of a deal. Right. It's impacting local economy, your community, obviously your school boards and budgets and things like that. And yeah. Yeah. I was, I was having a conversation with, with my daughter. So Aura, she's 10. Um, and uh, we were having a conversation and I was just asking her about, you know, cause I know she's hearing things and just wanted to put her at ease and, uh, we have family meetings about it, and I was just asking her, you know, like, what are your thoughts around this? And uh, she said that, um, you know, this is, you know, nothing like she's ever experienced in her lifetime, right? Her lifetime is only 10 years, but she's saying, I never experienced anything like this. And I'm thinking, I mean, me at 45, I've never experienced anything like this in my my lifetime as well. So this is just as new uh, to me. So, um, you know, this is definitely uh, something worth talking about. Let me ask you a question. Um, if if we're looking at like, just like pro- continuous progression, mm-hmm. um, if this thing continues to, to progress and, and, you know, it, it stays ahead of us and we don't, you know, kind of get in front of this thing, what, what do you, what do you think we could, could be looking at? Uh, I think what they, and this is, you know, as of Thursday, because Friday, I feel like I didn't keep track of things or even today, but what they've implemented in New Rochelle up in New York, right? So New Rochelle is only a few minutes, you know, a couple of minutes, not a couple of minutes, but, you know, maybe a half hour outside of New York City or what have you. And that community travels a lot into the city. Uh, It's, you know, an affluent area and they pretty much have quarantined that area. They have brought in the national guard. Right. And I think time, you know, the last time we saw a national guard was not such a good situation. Right. It was like protesting or something. So, you know, to, to quarantine, I mean, we're not in a country where it's like the government shuts things down or controls everything. Our states control it. But as a country, I always felt like, how are they going to do what they did in China here? It seems like everyone is like, very much individual states and they make the decisions. How would they do it as a country? Easy. I think the government can implement what they've done in New Rochelle mm-hmm. and expand that. And that looks like us, how it looks in Italy. People are being made to stay at, inside their homes and the National Guard is there to make sure that they're implementing that quarantine and helping with, you know, making sure common spaces and areas are clean and people are getting their supplies you know, uh, I, I think that's what started that whole toilet paper thing. You saw in China, they was only allowed to come out their apartments, you know, every seven or nine days at a time. Yeah, so if you yeah. got a big family, you're like, oh, my God, you know, we'll be <laughs> running out of food, we'll be running out of that. So I think that's what sparked it. But, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know how they would implement, implement that here. But I think that could be the next step where, because every day we're hearing a new travel ban. Now they're considering domestic travel. So, like, okay, so how far is this really going to go? How are you going to stop that? Because we travel by cars, too. You know, so I'm thinking that will be the next step. The also next step, if they do do that, or as the kids come back home from spring break or office spring break, and now they have to work remotely, work online, uh, whether it was grammar school or college, guess who else is working from home, you know, where they can? Their parents. Right. You know, so even at that level or at a quarantine level, what has not been tested before is everyone is at home on the computers, the Wi-Fi's, the ISP providers have not seen that level of stress testing mm-hmm. or stress level. You know, your AT&T's, your Verizon's, your Comcast, your Spectrum's that I'm doing Zoom or I'm on WebEx for work. Then I have two kids, they're streaming, they're gaming. You know, my husband is, you know, on his work computer video conferencing with his, you know, his team. 
I don't think they've seen where everyone has to do that at once mm-hmm. in pockets. You know, we have our snowstorms in the Northeast. All right. For a day, the whole country, you know, so I think that would be interesting if that happened in the level of bandwidth, because if the internet goes down or there's constant hiccups in the internet, then money is not flowing. Right. That's right. what happens. Money stops flowing. You know, your server, you can't communicate. You can't do a lot of things if the internet goes down or even hiccups with it. Yeah, and you, you know, know we'll have some interruptions and disruptions with the economy and, and, and the money that flows. And, you know, people are so used to being connected now. Like when that, when that cuts off, I think, uh, you know, people panic a little. Yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> So just looking at um looking at this holistically how how do we prepare cuz it's always better to be prepared and it not happen as opposed to it happening and not being prepared. So uh can you share with everyone just some some basic things that uh people can do to prepare themselves for um you know these things that could it could potentially lead to. Right. So these are things that a lot of times, you know, like I said, scenarios and things, you can't plan for every scenario, but you can kind of plan for the consequence of it. So, you know, if you lost power, what are the things that you should be prepared for if that happened? Always have certain things on hand in your household that are your foundational basic needs that perhaps you only will have to replace every so often or if at all. So you, you want to have your flashlights, candles, extra batteries, things like that, emergency radio, if the TV and all that stuff, internet stuff goes down, right? Um, you want to have water, always have water on hand. And I know Minty will get into things, healthy things, you know, to, to keep on hand, but you want to have water, you want to have a gallon per person, per day in your household. You want to have your non-perishable goods. Minty will speak to the healthier part, but, you know, you have your canned and you have your package. So, you know, Minty talked about just keeping your health up all the time, not in the time of just in time of crisis, but as you go on. And there are things out there that on a healthier side that you can keep always on hand for the just-in-case situations. Um, you want to have cash on hand, okay? So we talked about the internet going down, hiccups here and there. You never know of, AT, you know, there's a run on money, run on ATMs, and then there's no, you know, there's no cash. So always try to keep some cash in your house. That's just old school and small bills, right, if you needed to do that. Always have a first aid kit right? Uh, make sure it has things that you need. So in this situation, being that it's a pandemic, you know, face masks became the thing, you know, but if you had a proper first aid kit, you had that already in your kit. You might just need extra now and, and gloves and things like that. You want to keep your important papers uh, in an area that you can grab them rather quickly. You're not digging through piles and file cabinets to find it. Um, you want to go old school with your contact numbers. This is something that we all kind of laugh about that we don't remember anyone's phone number anymore. But quite honestly, if everything, if there's is a power glitch or what do they call it, EMP or something, mm-hmm. how do you get in contact with, how do I get in contact with Mintu? I don't remember Mintu's number, you know, <laughs> or if the number even works, you know, at that point. But how do I, how can I contact him? So just writing down phone numbers. And unfortunately, a lot of us gave up our landlines because we had to. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that would have been the other like backup plan. So these are just things to just always have on hand, no matter what the scenario is. Uh, I think now in this particular in this particular scenario, those who are working remotely, uh, it could have been their first time working remotely, like or going to be their first time for an extended period of time. You know, make sure you have enough power, uh, what they call power supplies. You might need an extra monitor now 
or a proper chair. <laughs> That's my issue. I don't mm-hmm. have a proper monitor or a chair because I, I'm kind of old school. I don't work from home a lot, even though I can. And now it's like, oh my God, I don't have a proper chair. Now I gotta be sitting down here at home. Mm-hmm. So I have to look into that being that we are now going to full-time working from home. So you know, and again, that's that's expense and, you know, people don't have that. So mm-hmm. it may not be for now, but later, again, the investment will be worth it to like kind of start looking into budgeting for these things in case, you know, maybe even the next snowstorm, you're not worried about it. You got your equipment ready to go. You know how to set yourself up and be comfortable for these extended periods of time where you're working remotely. Um, because it can cause, I mean, I'm, I'm uncomfortable because I'm not quite prepared with a chair, a proper chair. So I'm standing up a lot. You know, I don't, don't want to start causing physical pain. Right. So things like that um, prepare for and mentally prepare for that worst case scenario that you wouldn't have any control over if they do decide to do full-blown quarantine of the country. Just kind of like, and, and I know Mentor, you'll get into that. Just yeah, ready for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, um, you you bring up a lot of good points just about um, preparing for things that we don't usually think about. I remember the last uh, hurricane that we had in New Jersey, the really bad one. And out of all of the things that that I could anticipate, the one thing that I didn't anticipate was the gas situation. Yeah. Man, like that was crazy. Uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, yeah. you don't think like, okay, like we out of gas. So I can't even get anywhere. I, you know, I can't get gas. So um, that was rough. Just, to, yeah, just that, I think that caught a lot of people off guard. And what was also the kicker, how the gas stations were run elect you know by power and guess what was out the power (laughs) so not only that you you know you couldn't get gas they almost couldn't give you gas because they didn't have power to do so yeah Uh, so yeah so i think that little kicker right there put in was implemented into a lot of business continuity plans going forward like which gas stations you know have generators or things like that to be able to redirect people um if possible but that was, I remember seeing the long lines uh, outside my window in Secaucus at that time of waiting yeah. for gas. Yeah. Right. So, so, yeah, I mean, this, is, this has been extremely helpful. Hopefully, uh, everyone um, took some notes uh, just in, in preparing as far as the things that we don't usually think about. Um, I do have a question as far as um, food is concerned, because I will get into um, just how to prepare more from a healthier perspective. But also, um, as far as like how like how much food is ideal? Not not food that we have to eat, but food that we should have stored. That's not a part of what we're eating in the moment. Like, what do you think is like a good amount of food to to have for for how long? Yeah. So I mean, there's probably different uh, schools of thought on it, but I think from a general perspective, three to five days. You know, you want to kind of like always have something like that on hand. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, you know, again, every scenario is different. We're talking about an extended period of time with this situation, but we're also, I mean, at the moment, we're still allowed to go to the store. Mm-hmm. You know, we're still able to leave our homes and go to the store and re up. So, but you want to think maybe there's a, there's a scenario where you can't leave, you can't leave like right away. Like there's no thinking about it. You wait for the government to tell you that you, you have to stay inside. You have to shelter in place. So Mm -hmm. I would say three to five days Mm -hmm. or you want to get full prepper mode. (laughs) You can get that, you know, military grade food at last 25 years, just in case, you know, that's the extreme measure of it. Um, there's always the extreme of prepping uh, and obviously the other stream is not caring about it at all. Right. So mm-hmm. just finding that right balance and boundaries. Um, people, those who have houses, one other thing that we learned from the hurricane and I hope that they got them was like their own generators, solar power generators. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, I hope that people invested in them where, where they can and where they have houses, because that was another thing that people who did do that was better off uh, than those who did not. So, yeah. just you know, always like take your lessons learned and kind of implement them going forward. So we're going to learn a lot from this. Mm-hmm. Um, and then hopefully what you learn, you kind of implement so that you're just better prepared for the next the next bad thing that happens. Yeah, I know you're talking about one of the things you spoke about was the bank run, you know, people running mm-hmm. to, to get their cash. So you want to make sure you have some ahead of time being ahead of the curve. Yeah. Um, one thing that this panic has caused is, you know, like a grocery store run. Right. Yeah. So so I'm seeing empty grocery stores right now mm-hmm. um, and, and it being hard to even stock food because it's it's um, not available in in not all areas but in a lot of areas um so yeah i I think preparation is definitely the key for us um and just to just to switch gears a little bit um because i know that um you know we have clients that are entrepreneurs you know they have their own businesses and things like that and you know you specialize in, in like businesses like what do you have any recommendations for uh for for business owners out there and how they can uh, prepare their their businesses for for potential problems right um so we know mainly for the most part you got your large businesses they're they're already looking at this always looking at it for your small businesses and those who are entrepreneurs it kind of depends on what their business is sometimes people are just fully you know online and things happen for itself maybe a, a full like amazon store or something like that um but those who have like brick and mortar those who have to meet with clients one-on-one um maybe even who run their business off their computer somehow and storing files locally on their computer um or even in the cloud you know how is that being backed up if if the Amazon cloud or, or, or um, Google cloud or whatever goes down. So it's just kind of like, again, scenarios or it's various scenarios to plan for, but you want to think about what's the consequence of those scenarios. So mm-hmm. if you lost your technology of your business, just your business, like what would you do? What would you do if your internet right now into, into your business didn't work? Um, or your computer crashed and then all your files, all your client files are on that. Uh, what would you do if you couldn't come into your office for whatever reason? They won't allow you because some buyer has it spilled, happened down the road, or there was a fire in your building and they won't let you in. What would you do if your employees couldn't come in or your, your assistant? You know, um, you know, so it's like kind of like planning for that as much as you can, because I understand small businesses, you know, there's no budget for that, but it is careful planning so that again when you have a hiccup or there's a hiccup that you want to be able to come out bounce back from that rather quickly mm-hmm. and maintain your clients maintain your your connection with your clients and that you still have a business after the event has happened right yeah that's that that's really important um so uh if anyone has any questions about uh anything that uh, we share it with us tonight. You could definitely post them in the Q and A. Um, I, I have two questions. Okay, we'll we'll get to them in the in the um, at the end. Okay. Um, I, I just wanted to just let everyone know that they can post questions there, and I know um, Kim has an eye on the chat as well, so you can post some things there. Uh, what I wanted to do was I wanted to. Uh, get into just a couple of things that we can do to armor ourselves and prepare ourselves from a, a health perspective. Um, and then and then we can get into some Q, Q&A from there. Um, Haram, before we get into that, was there anything else that you um, wanted to share? Um, no, I think, I think I, you know, basically for like small businesses, if we have any of those, you know, on the line here or entrepreneurs who is looking to start their business that, you know, I don't, well, I do this for large corporations, right? I, I'm full time doing this in the financial industry, but I am starting a business to kind of assist small businesses and helping them kind of think that through. Mm-hmm. Um, so they can contact me. We can, I can give my information at the end of this. 
you know, they do want to have a talk about just to, okay, what would I do in this scenario? What, what do I need to implement? Um, mm-hmm. I'd be willing to do that. This is what I do. I really like what I do. I know it's not in the best ways. Uh, mm-hmm. It's always like, oh, the crisis and stuff. But the, the best way to go about it is to think about these things when it's sunny outside and things are all good. And right. that's when you think about it. That's when you plan it and document it. You know, uh, better to do it then than in the actual time of crisis. Thank you. I appreciate that. So yeah. um, do, can you hang out for a few and we'll come back yeah. to some questions? Okay. Sure thing. I'll just put myself on mute. Okay. Perfect. So... So that is the conclusion of part one of our Armoring Yourself Against the Coronavirus series. There was a lot of great information that Haran shared. Um, If you can, re-listen to this episode, take notes, and implement the strategies that Haran had uh, suggested. I certainly am. There were some things that I didn't have in order. Right. And um, it's definitely eye-opening. And Haran was saying... It's not something that you want to think about, but it's a must in these days and times so that we can be better prepared for the next situation. Right. And and I think that's what the important thing is, is just being prepared. It's better to be prepared and not need the things that you prepare for as Mm -hmm. opposed to a, a major challenge happening or this thing really evolving and you're actually not prepared right because it is something that is fast growing i mean i was looking at the cdc reports today and since the the last report that that we aired or that we aired today it already increased by over 500 500 cases so this is something serious is something that's rapidly moving and you want to try to be ahead of this as much as possible. Yes. And stay tuned for part two, which will release tomorrow. Yes. And in that episode, we're going to dive deeper into things that you personally can do to arm, you know, arm yourself against the coronavirus, improve your immunity um, and so much more. So stay tuned for that episode tomorrow. And the show notes page for this episode is lifestrengthandhealth.com forward slash 166. There you can also get Haran's contact information if you would like to work with her or consult with her if you're self-employed or you have a business. Her services are definitely available for you to take advantage of. Okay, so thank you for listening. Stay tuned for the next episode. And until next time, live healthier. Yes, stay healthy, everyone. Stay centered and stay in the know. Peace and blessings.